All right, good evening, or what is this? It's afternoon. Everybody able to hear me okay? Awesome, all right, great, thank you so much. Upper deck, I see you up there, all right? <laughs> you're a part, you're with us, you're with us. All right, so when we heard from our first reading, Sirach, uh, the ponderings of this viciousness of sin, of freedom, I feel like I had similar ponderings recently. So two days ago is September 11th happening. I'm just recognizing I was in eighth grade then and just thinking about the attacks that happened on our country, on innocent lives lost, the great sin involved with that, but also the great healing that was needed as well and continually needed for those who lost family members during that time or friends. And then also yesterday I went, a, I went on a jog to the bonfire memorial. And I'm from College Station, so I remember just the great heaviness that happened in this community and on campus when we lost, I guess, 22 years ago or 20, 21 years ago now, uh, those 12 students in the bonfire collapse. And such a great tragedy. And even today, many families who still need healing from that of losing their children, losing their loved ones, their friends. And so just during those times, it brought me just to realize, reflecting on those two events of how precious life is about how precious our time is right now as students here at Texas A&M, that we don't know when the end is going to be. And so I think today's scripture speaks to that abundantly, of how important forgiveness is, how important forgiveness is in the life of a Christian, in my life and in your life, and how life is too short to not forgive. So let's look at our gospel today. We start off with Peter asking Jesus, Lord, how many times should I forgive? And we know Peter responds seven, or Jesus responds seven times. Peter says seven times, which seven's a perfect number, but Jesus actually trumps Peter and says, no, 77 times, even greater. Some translations say seven times 77 times. The basic point is, is a lot, that we should always forgive, and that would, that's what Jesus encourages us and challenges us as Christians. That we should forgive and forgive and forgive. And then Jesus takes us into a parable. A parable of one that uses common images, everyday life, to, in order to explain a teaching, a divine reality. And so with this parable, as we know, and we've heard it before, that we have this king who we could say is in, in the image of God. This king who has a servant who owes a great debt. Well, in our scripture with the New American uh, Bible version, which our lectionary comes from that translation, it just says a large amount. But maybe if you look at the Revised Standard Version uh, of the translation of scripture, they actually give an actual amount, which is translated directly from the Greek. So if you look at that amount, it's 10,000 talents. Now to us, I might be like, oh, okay, $10,000, that's not that big a deal for the debt. But if we look at the actual conversion, so first a Darius, a denarius, is one day's labor of work, one day's wage. So 6,000 denarius equals one talent. And then if we have 10,000 talents, then that's 60 million denarius, 60 million days wage, which then would transfer into 160,000 years of work. Way more than a lifetime. Today, you could even, like, maybe a trillion dollars, true two trillion dollars, that the servant was in debt to the king. Basically impossible to pay back. And so when we put that in perspective, when we even see the king and his great mercy that he bestows on the servant, 
That that he was threatening to put the servant, his wife, his possessions, his children, to sell them into slavery or to put him in jail. Because that's what happened at that time, is if you couldn't pay a debt back, you were put in jail until a family member or a friend would help pay that debt for you. So we recognize more and more of how generous this king is, that he would release the debt of this servant who owed a lot of money that he could never pay back. And then we know later on in the parable that this servant turns around to one of his his companions, basically, who owes only a hundred denarius, a hundred days worth of labor, less than a year. And this wicked servant who's been given such an amazing gift, a life-changing gift, turns right around and is choking one of his companions who only owes, owes him less than a year's of work. And so then we could see that it's just of what the king does to tell his to this servant, I basically changed your life forever. And you repay me or you repay mankind the common good by trying to choke the little bit that this man owes you and by putting him in jail that he couldn't pay you. So it's a just action of the king. Now, my brothers and sisters, at the end of this parable, it's something that hits us that Jesus says, and he's not mincing his words, he's pretty blunt, by saying, so will the Heavenly Father do to you, to me, to us, if we don't forgive our brother. Those are some strong words for us to live by. And so today I want to reflect with you on forgiveness, of how that looks like in our life, but I want to split it into two. So recognizing if we ourselves need to forgive someone because of a hurt that they've done to us, but then at the end to reflect on maybe we're the ones that have hurt someone and need to ask for forgiveness. So first off with looking at forgiveness and in terms of we're, asked, we're the ones that are needing to give to forgive because someone's hurt us. So a lot, sometimes you can hear the phrase, oh, just forgive and forget. Offer it up, not a big deal. Just forget about it. My brothers and sisters, it's easy for us to say and maybe in our head, but if we look at the hurt that's happened to us, and some of you have gone through a lot of hurt, maybe from your childhood, maybe a family member, a teacher, a coach, maybe a significant other or a friend, that you have been hurt greatly. And so to say forgive and forget makes lightly of what the hurt that has been done to you. And I would say it's almost impossible for us to be able to forgive and forget. And the only way that we can forgive, and this comes from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, is if we allow the Holy Spirit to guide us in that forgiveness. If we can allow the Holy Spirit to come into our life and to turn our hurt and to turn our pain into compassion. To allow the Holy Spirit to allow us to view that person that hurt us as God views them, as his child. Now, this doesn't mean that whenever we forgive this person that we're going to be best friends with them or we're going to hold them up on this huge pedestal and love them. No, we can't allow, we have to remember that, yeah, there might be a lot of hurt in our lives because of that person. We can't deny that. But through time and through God's grace, we can relieve ourselves of the debt and relieve that person of the debt, just like in our parable. Because, my brothers and sisters, with forgiveness, if we refuse to forgive, even in great hurt and pain, then we still have chains attached to us. Chains that come in fruits of resentment, in anger, in hardened hearts. 
to where we ourselves will not be able to find freedom. We will not be able to live in the peace that God desires to live in, us to live in. And I know, I, I know faithful Catholics even, of, of all ages, that this is, is hard for us. Even if we're going to Mass every Sunday, we can still have hardened hearts towards somebody who's hurt us very deeply. And I encourage you, if that's you today, no matter if the hurt is great or small, that we call upon the Holy Spirit to be able to help us take that step as we look towards that journey of forgiveness, knowing the Lord's going to help us with it. And one thing is, if it's really hard for us to get, we can look at Jesus on the cross, who said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And if we need to, we can give it to God the Father to say, I can't forgive them. This is hard for me to forgive them, but Father, you can. So to be able to say, Father, forgive them, for they knew not what was hurt. And to recognize most likely that person that hurt us was themselves hurt, was them, are themselves very broken people who also need to know of God's mercy and love just like us. So whenever we're talking about forgiveness, there's two people that we can forgive, others as well as ourselves. Now with others, how can we love God who we can see, cannot see, if we can't love our neighbor who we can see? So recognizing if we can't love or forgive someone who we can see in our lives, whether a neighbor, a friend, a family member, an enemy even, then how are we supposed to love God? That it can become an obstacle even in our relationship with the Lord, which he does not want for us. One of the great saints who exemplifies forgiveness to the max is St. Maria Goretti. Many of you know of her story. She lived in the late 1800s, just south of Rome, Italy, in Nettuno, Italy. A 12-year-old girl who uh, lived in this house with her family, was, uh, was a good Catholic, and was a good daughter to her parents. Well, one day she was in her house by herself, and the next-door neighbor, a man of 27 years old, who was struggling with lusting after her, came into the house and was trying to rape her. St. Maria Goretti, in her great boldness and faith, and wanting to preserve her great chastity and purity, resisted the man as much as she could. And because of that, he actually stabbed her 14 times because she wouldn't give in to him. So finally, the, the family came in and were able to rush her off to the hospital. And as St. Maria, Maria Goretti was dying, she was able to forgive this man, her murderer, who tried to rape her. Only an act of God for her to be able to do that. The most amazing thing is the story continues. This man, he went to prison for a long time. But when he came out of prison, in his own humility and in his own conversion of his heart, he went and found St. Maria Goretti's mom and confessed what happened to her and presented himself to her and asked Maria Goretti's mom to forgive him. And her mom did. Any of you who are moms out there, I, I'm sure that would be so hard to be able to do for something for somebody who would kill your child. Only an act of God that these two great women in our church that we hold high were able to find freedom and forgiveness because of what the Lord was doing in their life, the way the power of the Holy Spirit worked, so that they could break free of those chains that was probably harboring in their hearts. One of the amazing things is that this man, this murderer, actually had such a great conversion that he joined a religious order and became a religious brother so that he could also give his life totally to Christ, which I know St. Maria Goretti would say, my death was worth that conversion. 
An awesome thing is, too, is the canonization of Maria Gratti in Rome is the largest attended canonization that the church has seen. That so many Italians, specifically, were so inspired by that story because it pierced their own hearts of the desire to forgive. That St. Peter's hasn't seen so many people in St. Peter's Square than the time of St. Maria Gretti's canonization. A 12-year-old little girl south of Rome who changed the world forever. That's how we're called to forgive my brothers and sisters. Now after forgiving others, it's also important for us to be able to forgive ourselves. And depending on how you're wired, this might be the hardest person to forgive in your life. When you go to confession and God Almighty forgives you of your sins, the God of the universe says your sins are wiped clean. And still, because of choices you've made in the past or lies you believe, you can't forgive yourself. But I encourage you, if that's you, to allow the Holy Spirit to soften your heart so you can forgive yourself. Because even if you think about it logically, each of us who are a finite being, a creature of God, if our creator, the God of the universe, forgives us, then we have to be able to forgive ourselves as small creatures of the Lord, as small children of the Lord. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you with that, if that's one of the struggles of yours. All right, now let's go to the other part. So we've talked about forgiving, but now what if we're the person that's hurt someone? What if we're the person that's needing to ask for forgiveness? Now, first and foremost is with God. God, whose mercy is always there and abundant for any sin that we could do. There's no sin greater than God's mercy than his forgiveness. But, my brothers and sisters, he's not going to pour it upon us unless we invite him to. And that's where we have to take that step in humility and surrender and say, God, I messed up, but I need your mercy. So allow God to forgive us. And he has, all he has for us is great mercy and love. And with that, too, we have, I have two tools for you to be able to help you with that. The first one is the daily examine. So when, before you go to bed at night, if you just take even three minutes to be able to think about, all right, during my day, where were some blessings? Where were ways that I saw the Lord work? Maybe an awesome conversation I had. Maybe it was a beautiful sunset that I saw. Just thanking God for those blessings in your life. And then second is, where did you reject God? Where did you fail to love him? Where do you need his forgiveness? And to be able to do a short act of contrition saying, God, I need your mercy in my life. And the more that we do that, the more we're going to root out sin in our lives and draw closer to the Lord and see our lives transformed. And yes, we can go directly to God for forgiveness. We're going to talk about confession in a second, but it's okay to go directly to God as Catholics. It's okay to go directly to God to ask him for forgiveness. But he also gives us the second tool, and that's confession. My brothers and sisters, I encourage you, if you don't make this already a habit, going to confession at least once or twice a month would be a good habit for you to start doing in your spiritual life. Because especially in our culture today, with all the temptations, we are sinning. There's a lot of sin out there. We have a lot of temptation. And so to be able to wipe our souls clean, to be able to start again with the Lord is such a strength for us. And he gives us that gift in his church, his bride, through the sacrament of confession. And with that sacrament, yes, there's a particular grace there, but even more so in our humanity. I don't know about you, but when I go to confession and I hear the priest say, I absolve you of your sins in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
There's just something so human about that of hearing those words and letting them hit me. And now that I am a priest, I'm saying those words sometimes. A lot of times, actually. <laughs> Especially here at St. Mary's, we have a lot of opportunities for confession. Such a beautiful way for us to hear those words that are from the Lord through the priest. To know that we are truly forgiven. So I encourage you to use those two tools in order to be able to go to the Lord, to take that step, and to accept his forgiveness. And then finally, if we need to go and ask for forgiveness from someone else, a friend or a family member, whether it's big or small, maybe you're on the phone with your parents and you're a little disrespectful to them, or your tone is not great, or maybe you have an argument with a roommate or a friend, you could easily blow that off, and I'm sure they'd be like, okay, we're done with that, time has passed. Or you could go up to them and say, you know what, I'm sorry, that didn't go how I wanted it to, and I, I'd ask for your forgiveness. Even those little acts of our humility and surrender allow God's freedom, his mercy, and his love to flow into our relationships. So I encourage you, even if it's something small or even something big, to pray about going to those people in your life that you have hurt and be able to ask for, for their forgiveness. Now, I'll conclude, my brothers and sisters, I know this teaching that God presents to us, Jesus presents to us in Scripture, is a hard one. Probably one of the hardest of the Christian faith, of our Catholic faith. But the Lord is asking us to do it, because we know at the end of our gospel, if we don't, then our Heavenly Father will not be able to be merciful with us. With us. A God who is merciful, but also just. And so I encourage you, as we continue on in this Mass, as you go on through your week, to think about is there someone in my life, when I think about them right now, that I have a resentment for? I have a restlessness and anger in my heart for? And that'll be a sign that there needs to be some healing. You to think about right now, Spirit, to allow you to forgive that person. Maybe there's somebody that you need to think about right now that you have hurt, and that the Lord needs to be able to convict your own heart to surrender that, to have humility and go to that person to ask for forgiveness. Or maybe it's the Lord himself that you need to go to, to stand before him and say, it's been a long time since I've been to confession, Lord, and I want to go and receive your mercy. Brothers and sisters, remember that it is not possible to forgive and forget on our own. It's not possible for us to be able to receive the healing and the forgiveness that we need to flourish in this life on our own. Let us ask the Holy Spirit. Let us beg the Holy Spirit. Let us beg Jesus Christ himself to help us do the impossible, to be able to forgive. Thank you for listening to Aggie Catholic Homilies. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Be sure to check out our sister podcast, Aggie Catholic Talks, to hear talks from Magnify, Catholicism 101, and more. Thanks, God bless, and gig em.